BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. You are listening to Spurs Cast, episode 458. Before I jump into Spurs Cast, episode 458, I do need to make the listeners aware that uh, Jose Grijalva and Ryan McCallum, who were both the uh, co host and host of the Spurs Cast, uh, will not be working with Project Spurs anymore. Um, they've, they've, they've decided to move on. Uh, myself, Michael, I'm, I'm Paul Garcia, by the way, myself, Michael DeLeon and the entire Project Spurs team wishes them the best of luck. We, uh, we, we do thank them for all the work and effort they've put into Project Spurs over the years, uh, both from their writing. They both started off as really strong writers with us. And then we saw that they had a real, they had such in-depth knowledge of the game that first Jose started as a co-host with Aaron Prine when he was, when he was a Spurs cast host. And he ended up um, staying, mainstaying as that um, as that co-host. And then when Aaron was getting ready to move on as well uh, from Project Spurs, um, Ryan Ryan McCallum came in and took over the hosting duties, and he did a great job. They obviously made the Spurs cast very informative, very entertaining um, over the times that they've been on the Spurs cast. I mean, I remember just list, listening to them talk in my car, and they were you know I'm just cracking up in my car, just li- laughing at some of the stuff that that, that they say. And the, but then also, they, like I said, they have a really good understanding of the game, uh, their in-depth knowledge. Uh, but going forward, um, I will be taking over as the host of the Spurs cast, and I'm going to try to be having try to have a lot of Project Spurs writers join me uh, at different times. We have you know Colin Reed, we have uh, John Diaz, Stephen Anderson, uh, Victoria Virial. So we have we have a few writers, Michael DeLeon as well. So so we have a few writers and. Um, uh, members of our team that will be joining me on, on the Spurs cast. I'm going to try to, to to hear different voices out there and get their opinions as well. So tonight for the first episode, uh, 458 with the with the new host myself, and I'm going to have a, one of our first writers. Is a, it's going to be Colin Reed. So Colin, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. 
So uh, congratulations being, you know, <laughs> one of our first writers joining now that, you know, now that we've obviously taken over and having to uh, to become uh, part of the Spurs cast. Thank you. Thank you. So so basically, uh, listeners, Colin and I are just going to be going through some the, some of the latest Spurs news. We'll get into a few topics and then we'll wrap it up. So we're going to be talking about uh, the Adam Honga situation, how he will be uh, going over to FC Barcelona after all. But even though he's signing a three-year deal with Barcelona, it's going to be. It still has the Spurs in play because going forward, he can kind of maybe hit uh, jump to the NBA in the consecutive summers. We're going to touch on the uh, latest Kyrie Irving news that Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN.com wrote up on Tuesday. We're going to look into the MVP odds that, that were released by Bavada, the casino out in Vegas. And then we're going to just get into some discussion about some of the, the upcoming roster spots heading into training camp, especially the point guard situation, uh, what position might Rudy Gay play on the Spurs. Um, and then lastly, some other news about the NBA Players Association Awards. So we're going to go ahead and begin, uh, Colin and I, with the topic of Adam Hanga. So it's been reported by Eurobasket and a few other sites um, overseas that Adam Hanga and his team uh, that he's playing for, Saski Baskonia, they've agreed to uh, allow Hanga to to sign instead. Instead of signing with Baskonia, he's going to be signing with FC Barcelona, which is still in Spain. It's kind of for the same exact deal which was uh, 7.5 million euros for three years, which is about $8.8 million uh, in American dollars. But the interesting part of this new contract is that he's going to have a $1.5 million euro uh, buyout each summer. So his deal goes through 2020, and there's a chance now that he could uh, come into come into the Spurs after each season, depending on when, if, when and if San Antonio would like to bring him over. So Colin, what do you think about that news that there is a chance Honga could be in a Spurs uniform? Uh, in the near future after this this coming season? I think it's really interesting, especially with uh, Ginobili only having a few years left. He might be gone as soon as, you know, next season. Um, and I know that that was kind of one of the things that, that he was reportedly looking at. Like, will I have a place on this team? You know, I'll have less playing time if Ginobili's there. Um, that was one of the things that he was reportedly considering when he was making this decision. I think it's going to be interesting because the Spurs are kind of set up in a cap situation where they might go swinging for the fences again next summer. Uh, and I wonder if they do that, if he would be okay taking an NBA minimum when he's, you know, mm-hmm. going to be on a better contract in Europe. Yes, exactly. So he, he would obviously still, in the situation you're expecting, like you said, he'd be having to give up some of that money in Spain uh, to to make that dream, mm-hmm. that NBA dream come true. I think, I think one of the, the biggest parts of this is, is the age factor. Mm-hmm. He's 27 going into this new deal. You know, had he stayed for just those three years, he'd probably been 30, you know, 31, um, finally trying to make that jump to the NBA. You rarely see that from Euro- European players if they're in their late 30s coming. If they do, they're already past their prime. Somebody like, um, like I could, uh, just comes to mind, it's like Milos Teodosic. Mm-hmm. That's gonna, he finally signed the Clippers. You saw Sergio Rodriguez later yeah. in his career sign, sign with the, um, I think, the Sixers last season. So, so a lot of times these players, they come later in their career because they spent so much time overseas. So this gives Honga a chance now that he's, he's in his prime. Mm-hmm to make that jump, whether it's at age 28, 29, or 30. So I think you're right. Uh, it it de- definitely does get interesting and will have a big impact on uh, their salary situation. So that's the latest news on Adam Honga, who will be with FC Barcelona, playing out in the ACB and the EuroLeague if you like to catch his games this coming season. He will also be at Eurobasket with Hungary, uh, playing starting on August 31st when that kicks off. Uh, the next news is uh, Adrian Wojnarowski of, Yah- of ESPN.com, not on Yahoo anymore, he wrote a piece about Kyrie Irving where he basically says that the Kyrie situation has become gotten a lot more interesting because the Cavs don't know exactly what kind of 
trade prospects to look at because they don't know the situation with LeBron. Like basically, if LeBron gave them some sort of uh, long-term commitment that he'd be staying, they can make a move for like a young player and, and a win-now players. Uh, Woj, uh, Colin threw out the example of LaMarcus Aldridge mm-hmm. and Danny Green or Tony Parker. Right. So the the other part of that is that because of that LeBron has a committed long-term, mm-hmm. they want to try to get a, like, you know, basically they're trying to look for their, their future. You know, they have to do right. what's best for them. So there's there was a few names thrown out in the Woj piece that they have an eye on. Kristaps Porzingis, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> Jason Tatum, uh, Josh Jackson of yeah. the uh, Phoenix Suns, and then uh, Jamal Murray of Denver Nuggets. So yeah. what do you think about this this latest news for the Kyrie and Spurs? Oh, one thing I should add before I let Colin answer this question is um, Woj did write that if Kyrie were to come with Spurs, there there is a chance he would sign the extension with them. Mm-hmm. So so you know, for the Spurs, it's a very safe move. But right. for the Cavs, you know, what's going on here? Well, when you hear the names that you know, maybe some teams are thrown in the mix or the names of what the Cavs are looking for. And you kind of see the disconnect of like what the teams are doing. You can see why the deal hasn't been made yet. Um, A lot of those young players, teams are going to be really hesitant to move on, even for a player like Kyrie. Um, and, And when you look at what the Spurs can offer, I don't think Danny Green and draft picks makes it. I think you need to add some other salary besides Danny Green. And that's really the best piece that they have to offer in this deal. And it kind of, it's rough because it's like, who else can like every deal that the Spurs can put together could be offered probably better by someone else? Yeah, I think even like a name like Jamal Murray. I think yeah, I think Cle- I think that uh, Denver would move him to get yeah. Kyrie Irving. Okay, yeah, I think that's definitely uh, possible. And and you're and you're right with the Spurs. You know, now that they're hard capped at one twenty five yeah. million, it gets harder to put a package between Lamarcus and, and Danny unless you get a third team involved or a fourth yeah. team, and that and that gets tricky yeah. getting all these teams to get involved. Um, as I, I've, as I've told people, just on my in my honest opinion, I feel like if they ever made a move with the Spurs, it would be like more like a desperation move. Like that's probably yeah. the best package they could get because I definitely think there's still some some um, some other possibilities out there for them. You know, like you mentioned. Now, here's one thing that I thought about uh, was let's just say that Dejounte Murray had a really good summer league. Right. You know, let's say he was a standout player like some of the other players that went out there in Vegas and, and in Utah and had some some really good sh- uh, showcases. Do you think that had Murray had a good summer league? Maybe this this will lean more toward the the Cavs trying to make a a, a trade for it with him, right? It, it's always difficult with summer league to like know if that's a real thing or if that's a summer league thing because mm-hmm. there's been a bunch of players that perform in summer league, yeah, and then like a... translate and then vice versa. So obviously, for the Spurs, that would be a positive if that somehow swayed Cleveland. Um, it's just so hard to know with some of these summer league games where like is what we're seeing. Will that translate to the NBA? Uh, is it the speed of the game? Or maybe even in a case like Murray, maybe he was going focusing on one thing. So he wasn't trying to attack the hoop. He was trying to facilitate more maybe. And that's why we see this. So it's kind of really hard to tell um, how well those games would translate. So it's hard to know if, if GMs would get caught up in that too. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a good point there. Uh, so yeah, so that's the latest on Kyrie. Uh, again, check out Woj's piece where where he where he discussed the, the Spurs as as obviously a potential suitor. They obviously want Kyrie. There's no doubt about that. They're even they're even showing by reporting some of those names in there. And even Kyrie wants to be in San Antonio mm-hmm. by him saying he would he would be willing to sign an extension. And really hasn't said that publicly for anyone else. Right. So that that that's a good vote of confidence for the Spurs' favor. Unfortunately, like as Colin and I just said. It doesn't look like they have the trade pieces right now, unless, like, like I mentioned, Cleveland got desperate. Uh, moving on, the Bovada, the, the casino out in Vegas, put out some some MVP odds. 
Uh, so I'm just going to go through the top five um, who the favorites are, and then we'll, we'll discuss one of the favorites who's obviously a Spurs player. Most of you can probably guess who that is. So uh, first is uh, Russell Westbrook is expected to re- repeat as the uh, MVP winner this coming season. Um Plus 400 odds. Kevin Durant, right behind him, his old teammate, who's now mm-hmm. with the Warriors, uh, is at plus 450. Third was this previous season's runner-up, Kawhi Leonard, mm-hmm. is at plus 550. So Kawhi is obviously right there in the MVP mix still uh, heading into into this next season. Uh, the last two years he has finished second. So that, you know, that I, I would have thought he would have maybe made a, a, a bigger jump, but I think with the the question of uncertainty with the Spurs' team as a whole, maybe they don't get those those you know 50, 55 plus to 60 uh, type wins right. like they had been doing in the past. Uh, fourth is LeBron James, mm-hmm. plus 750. Obviously, his season's kind of in, in the question mark because of the whole Kyrie situation. you got to see how that plays out. Mm-hmm. And then last is uh, James Harden at plus 800. His odds have obviously dropped because um, he uh, was... Was oh because uh, Chris Paul went to his team and actually I uh, take that back. Harden was actually second in, in the MVP mm. race last year, not Kawhi. Uh, Kawhi was third, but Kawhi's definitely been the top three over the last two years. So, Colin, just real quick, um, what do you think about Kawhi being third? Do you think that's the place he should be at? Do you think uh, maybe he should be the overall favorite considering Russell Westbrook did get help with Paul George right. and obviously Kevin Durant has three other All Stars? <laughs> yeah, they added Omri Caspi, they yeah. added Nick Young. So, what do you Four think about All-Stars. that? Four All Stars. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I think that. Russell Westbrook, he will have, you know, less shots. He's going to, his usage rate's going to go down. He won't have the crazy triple-double thing every night, probably, with Paul George there. But they'll win more games because that was, I think, the biggest argument against him was, well, how can he win MVP when they're the sixth seed? He did it anyway. Uh, but they're going to be winning more games, so that's going to kind of add to the, because you need wins to be an MVP, I feel like. Uh, and that was kind of broken a little bit this year, but I think that that'll help his argument next year. Kevin Durant got hurt kind of right before people started talking about MVP a lot. And in my personal opinion, I think he would have been one of the louder names if he didn't. I think he would have had really good odds if he didn't go down for for a part of the season. So, you know, I think when you look at the top five MVP candidates, Kawhi is the only one there who didn't have an all-star last season. And he's also the player who, out of the bunch, seems to be adding something to his game every season. So I, I think that you know, he, he has a really good chance at the MVP title this year, but I don't think that third behind where he was, behind Westbrook and Durant, is is a heinous place to put him. Yeah, you know, same thing, like how you mentioned Russell's wins last year as a big part of it. I think that's a part of Kawhi's this year. I don't know if his team's as strong coming in, you know, on paper, just because yeah. of the health situation. You know, you got Rudy Gay coming off the, the, the knee injury. Right. Uh, you have Tony Parker, who won't be back to January. Um, and then they lost some pieces, you know, so that their continuity as far as like they lost Jonathan Simmons, they lost yeah. David Lee. They, they lost a few role players and you have a few question marks of guys that are kind of unproven right now, which is like Murray's going to get real minutes. Uh, Brandon Paul's coming over from the EuroLeague at 26, you know, mm-hmm. some of those situations. So I think that if Kawhi's like one of the more dominant teams, maybe second, third in the West, you know, behind maybe either Golden State and either like the Houston, like Houston or somebody else like OKC, I think he has a really good chance. Mm-hmm. Even if his even if his numbers aren't you know more than thirty points a game or something like that, just because you know he's going to have them as a top top ten offense and defense most likely the Spurs, mm-hmm. and I think that voters would give him almost like the benefit benefit of the doubt kind of vote right. because they see hey this guy's like the only All Star on his team. He he's basically having to keep them afloat. And kind of like what they did for Russell. Like obviously, Russell had the uh, the crazy stats last year to, to back mm-hmm. his his supporting claim up. Um, so that's the latest on uh, some of the uh, MVP odds that have come out from from Vegas. Obviously, those are changed throughout the season. I also think 
maybe voters. You saw what happened in the finals where where the Warriors were just so dominant yeah. that the voters easily gave Kevin Durant that that finals MVP. Uh, and what if the Warriors are like number one offense, number one in defense, you know, and they're just dominating everybody? Do do they do they just give Durant and he, let's just say his league scorer, you know, one of the yeah. leading stat guys on his team that that's also in play? Uh, because I think that obviously the fans don't like what Golden State has done, but I think a lot of the media likes not likes it, but they can they respect the mm-hmm. the level of like dominance that these guys have, and that's something I could see uh, as well uh, next season. Next up, I'll, we're just going go to go to the Spurs is now training cap roster. Um, and um and preseason heading into training camp starting here uh in September probably late September and then their first preseason game I think is October 2nd against Sacramento. So one one question I had Colin is uh there's actually two it's revolving the point guard battle. Mm-hmm. You know, the first guy I want to talk about is Patty Mills. Yeah. In the past uh we, we you know we've seen over the years whenever Tony Parker gets hurt or Pop's resting him, coach Pop likes to keep keep uh patty mills coming off the bench he talks about how it's continuity he keeps the rotations in place he doesn't want to mess that up even if parker's out so he would either he, in the past he used to be a guy like Corey joseph who would start games when parker was out and now obviously you're seeing Dejounte murray he started in the playoffs mm-hmm. when parker got hurt my question is this though we've never had a situation where parker's just walking into camp not going to be there probably until mm-hmm. january so does pop for the first time maybe change it a little bit and yeah. let patty start and try to build some chemistry with that starting five rather than just having him be the traditional coming off the bench kind of guy. What do you think about that? You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it happened. Uh, I, I kind of believe that he's going to try Murray at the beginning. And, and if that, you know, maybe see how he does in preseason as a starter or maybe the first couple of games of the regular season. But I, I don't think that, that Pop's going to hold so strongly to, we need Mills off the bench, that if, if he feels like Mills starting would be the better option he wouldn't make that change. I think, you know, if he can see everything and that's what, what it looks like the team needs, I, I don't think that he's he's holding, like, we need Mills off the bench as, like, a giant point for the season or anything. I, I think that, you know, it's really going to depend on maybe where Murray comes into training camp and how he starts the season. And, and early on, we might see that change to Mills. So, yeah, I, I think I kind of hear what you're saying here. It's mm-hmm. like, if Murray... I think if you see the struggle for Murray, mm-hmm. I think it's definitely in play. But if, right. but if he's kind of okay... Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I think Pop Pop would just keep Patty where he's at. Yeah. Uh, the next guy I want to go to and talk about is is Derek White. You were in, you were in Vegas for summer yeah. league. You got to see a few games. You covered covered them for Project Spurs. Uh, what were your impressions of him first in person, mm-hmm. and second? Now let's say that Murray does struggle in, in the preseason mm-hmm. and in training camp, and let's say Pop doesn't want to mess with his rotation, keeps Patty off the bench. Do you see a type a change where maybe maybe uh, White becomes that starting point guard? I think that the opportunity is there more for him than it has been for for a lot of rookie players for the Spurs in the past. Even for Murray last year, you know, with Parker being injured, uh, he has a a, a skill set that would benefit the Spurs in terms of he can play defense. He has a solid offensive game. He has a solid shots. He's big. He's like six foot four. So he's, he's six foot five on paper. Oh, really? Yeah. So he's he's a big point guard, which is is good for the Spurs, uh, especially because a lot of the times they've been kind of, you know, Murray, I feel like, has been one of their first big athletic point guards they've had in a mm-hmm. long time in terms of what they've been rolling out a lot of. So I think that he actually has a shot to do that at the beginning of the season, depending on how the first couple games go, the first couple weeks, and maybe how his training camp goes. Um, the Spurs have the shooting guard position pretty well filled, uh, but I do kind of want to see at some point, just to see them roll it out, a a Murray White lineup, and there's no reason for them to to do that as like a starting lineup or something. But I think that White has a better shot 
and they both could defend guards. So I think that might be a situation where both of them could get playing time and get experience. Yeah, I, I kind of, I, I, you know, as a bench unit, that would that would right. that would be shocking to see those, those right. two on the floor. They, they're basically interchangeable. You know, yeah. they're, they're both I think six foot five. Murray's very Murray's very tall, as you mentioned for his age. Um, and any yeah, other the white thing, just again, it's almost like the Patty thing. It's like yeah. if Murray struggles, then and it's the start of a season. There's a very good chance that that uh, that Pop might you know give White a shot if if he's playing well. Right. Um, as you mentioned, he has the versatility to do that. Uh, the next part of, of training camp that I want to discuss just a little bit is I wanted to get your take on where do you think Rudy Gay plays? Do you think he's – this is a question, you know, that we – I'm, I'm very interested to see. Mm-hmm. we got to wait, of course, till preseason and actual start of the season. Do you think Rudy Gay will start at the backup uh, – at starting for a small forward – power forward, sorry. Do you think it will be Rudy Gay at the power forward spot, Kawhi Leonard at the three, LaMarcus at the five? Mm-hmm. Or do you think Rudy will kind of be Kawhi's initial backup at the three – and then, you know, in the fourth quarter, of course, he's, start, he's playing small ball next to Kawhi to close out the game kind of situation. So where do you think right. Rudy starts? I, I want him to start at the, the power forward at the four. Uh, I want to see that kind of more modern NBA kind of starting lineup, more modern NBA type of lineup playing throughout the whole game where it's maybe, you know, a one or two guards and then a, several wings and then a big Um just from what I've seen from the Spurs, though, they have been pretty slow to adopt to the small ball thing. It's yeah. kind of been a breaking case of emergency thing, and they'll bring it out too late. I'm thinking of like that Thunder series mm-hmm. from uh, 2016. Yeah. yeah, when they when they did break it out, and it and it actually looked good, but it was like way too late. Yeah. So I do think that it will be one of those pops bag of trick things where we will see it, especially in the playoffs. I'm doubtful we'll see it in the starting lineup, but I really want to see it in the starting lineup. S- same here, and here and here's two things that make me re- think that he'll at least traditionally, especially mm-hmm. in the season, at least yeah. stick to his normal, you know, Pau Gasol or, or Joffrey Laverne now at a, at the five. It's just because they signed those two players. You know, they gave mm-hmm. Gasol 16 million this season. Uh, I think he's definitely going to start at the five, and if not, kind of like what Deadman did last year, where Laverne might start at the five. You know, why would you have those two bigs right, right. there? Uh, Laverne was just for the, the vet minimum. You're, you're not going to give Powell a lot of money if, if unless he's you know he's going to have some sort of substantial role. Mm-hmm. So I think that the the paper shows that he's going to be keeping one of those two big starting. And then um, I think every game you're definitely going to see Rudy and Kawhi on the floor at, at, at a time, mm-hmm. especially in the fourth quarter. You know, late second quarter before halftime kind of thing. Um, nightly you'll see that. But I but yeah, I think that he's going to be hesitant to start him until the season starts. Although it would be really, like you mentioned, it'd be really cool to see the Spurs adopt one of the newer 2017 type of offense and defenses right. where, you know, if you have a Marcus at the five, you have Rudy at the four, you have Kawhi, just imagine the pick and roll possibilities of Kawhi and Rudy. You got Danny Green at the two, um, either Murray, White, or, or Mills at the one. Uh, and then, you know, defensively, they can just basically switch everything on pick and rolls um, on, on different screen action because, you know, having power or Laverne out there, um, that might be, make, that kind of breaks down your defense a little bit. And mm-hmm. then, you know, when you have somebody like uh, Murray or White, they're so tall and, and they're so athletic, they can kind of right. guard multiple positions. So, yeah, that'll, that'll be an interesting thing to see uh, heading into training camp. That's definitely one of the one of the key things I'll be looking at is where does Rudy Gay start and where does – and he will definitely finish in, in games. The last thing uh, we're going to discuss uh, on this episode of Spurs Cast 458, uh, the NBA just recently announced – not the NBA, the NBA Players Association recently, recently announced their Players Voice Awards. These came out through Twitter – uh, Michael DeLeon wrote the article for ProjectSpurs.com, so you can go check that out over there of who the award winners were. So the first guy that, that got an award um, from the Players Association was Kawhi Leonard. He got the Best Defender Award. Uh, next was Coach Pop. He got the Players' Choice Award. 
for for the coach they like to play for. I think he won that award the previous season as well. You know, Pop has the ultimate respect for all the players in the league. I'm going to bring up a topic about Pop in a little bit, and then also Kawhi. Uh, in, in regards to these awards. And then lastly was uh, Monty Ginobili got the Teammate of the Year award. And this doesn't mean he was like the best teammate of every single NBA player, but every team had to choose, every team had to choose a, um, a player from their team who was like basically their, their Teammate of the Year for their team. So, so of the Spurs players, Manu got that award uh, on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing, though, going back to Kawhi, so you saw that he won the Best Defender award. Now, in the actual real season, uh, Draymond Green for the NBA won the Defensive Player of the Year award. So were you, were you okay with Kawhi winning it, or do you think maybe they should also give that to Draymond, the players? Yeah, and you know what? I go back and I think about the players voting in the All-Star game, where maybe not all the players voted, or a couple of them had little joke votes. And I don't think that Kawhi winning is a joke. I think that Kawhi is a good pick, because you have... I think of the th- top three players in the Defensive Player of the Year category. You have Draymond Green, who who's just an incredibly smart defender. Like he just seems to know every play from every team. He can he can make the right movements at the right time. Make sure that the ball doesn't go to where he doesn't want it to go. And now all of a sudden a play's broken. You have Kawhi, who's probably the best individual defender in the league and a great perimeter defender. And then Gobert, who's the best big man defender who can protect the rim. And then I think you have to go from there and say what do you value as a defensive impact? Which of those three areas mm-hmm. means the most on defense? And I don't think arriving at any of those three conclusions is wrong. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I think if that's, if that's what the players voted, I'm all for it. Uh, if that's what the media voted in May, you know, that's what they voted to. Yeah, I mean, they have a good case for Kawhi. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously he lost Tim Duncan, who was one of those anchors defensively right. in the paint uh, last season. Because well, Timmy retired, but the Spurs were still the number one defense. You know, mm-hmm. by far they were they were they were number one. I think they took over that spot as of like week two or three of the season. I remember, yeah. you know, I do my my ten games uh, every week kind of analysis. And at first, it was the Clippers were like on this really great run, and then all of a sudden the Spurs took it and they never lost it. Uh, the Warriors were obviously right behind them, so yeah. so Golden State was obviously a great defender. I, I, I think one thing about Draymond that makes him so special is that he can guard one through five, right? Whereas Kawhi, you kind of see him just go one to three most times, mm-hmm. and if not, he can do a little bit of four. But I don't think you rarely see Kawhi at the five, where Draymond takes that upon himself. Yeah, um, and you saw that in the Spurs series in the Western Conference Finals, where he got like Lamarcus Aldridge, Gasol, different players all over the place. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the, they, they, Kawhi had a really good argument for for getting it from the players. And obviously, they don't—they're the players voting. They don't right. want to be guarded by this dude. Yeah. You know, as soon as he dribbles the ball down the court, as soon as you bring the ball down the court, you see them move that ball. We were watching some film earlier on on, on the Spurs' defense, and we saw you know just mm-hmm. that some some players just dribble the ball, and as soon as they see Kawhi's the guy on them, they stop that dribble and they move the ball. <laughs> so that, so it's not surprising. Uh, one thing about Coach Pop that I wanted to bring up. So he did win the um, the, the the players basically voted for him also for like best coach or coach mm-hmm. they like to be coached for. This is going a year later to the to the future now. Let's say that LeBron James does uh, decline his player option, which he's expected to do, and become an unrestricted free agent. I don't think he would sign with the Spurs, but I think that seeing that respect that players have, and I think LeBron has, he's been public about this, the respect and and admiration he has for Coach Pop. Do you see him giving the Spurs a meeting? Should they be interested? Obviously, I think they would be interested next summer. I actually do. You know, and I've been, as all of us do around this time of year, putting your ear to the road, kind of trying to hear what, what, little rumors or what news you can hear. And I haven't heard any like rumors or anything like that, but I've definitely heard smart people that I respect talking about could LeBron go to the Spurs enough that, that I think that it's, it's a greater than 0% chance. And I definitely think 
he would have a meeting with them. You know, we've seen who he's had a meeting with the past two free agencies, but the way he has talked about the Spurs and their cap free like situation, I do think that that they'll be in the room with him. So uh, for, for episode 458, we're going to go ahead and start wrapping up here. Uh, be sure to check out ProjectSpurs.com. Mm-hmm. Um, Colin, go ahead and make sure you follow Colin on Twitter. Go ahead and um, Yes, uh, that'll be at ColinReadPS. Okay, so make sure you check out his, his, his analysis. Uh, it's been uh, All of our Twitter accounts have been kind of quiet. We're in the, right. in the doldrums in the NBA offseason. <laughs> uh, for Spurs fans, make sure that you uh, keep an eye overseas because Eurobasket's about to kick off here uh, pretty soon on August 31st. Um, guys like Pau Gasol, Davis Bertans are going to be playing in Eurobasket. Uh, Joffrey Laverne with France. You're going to see, if you want to see some of the Spurs as maybe up-and-coming talent, uh, Adam Honga will be playing with Hungary, as I mentioned. There's a chance that Nikola Milutinov, one of the Spurs' uh, prospects, and um, Nemanja Dangubic, they, mo- they might bo- both play with uh, with uh, Serbia if they get selected for that, for they make the final roster squad for that for that team. And again, just continue to check out ProjectSpurs.com. We'll be having some more analysis as uh, the preseason gets kicked off here pretty soon. Um So for Colin Reed, Mm -hmm. I'm Paul Garcia. Have a great day.